This video is sponsored by MyBookie.ag. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're in a different location. This is actually my third room in the last three days. We keep having a little bit of snags here inside this vacation I'm currently on. But if you guys are new to the channel, please do me a favor and subscribe. We're doing videos every single day on the Ukrainian conflict. So I actually want to go over the casualty list for you guys out the gate. It has changed yeah, pretty significantly. So we're sitting at civilian casualties currently right now. It's just over 6,700 since the beginning of this conflict. That's civilian casualties. It's, it's quite significant. That's coming from the Ukrainian government. The United Nations is saying there's around 2,000 that have been wounded and about 1,500 that have been KIA. So I, I don't know which one is to really take there. United Nations is not really inside of Ukraine getting those numbers. I don't know how they're getting those figures, but anyway, 6,700 right now is what the Ukrainian government is stating. I'm going to go with that one just because they are inside of the country. So Ukrainian forces are stating that they have lost around 4,000 of their soldiers. That's coming from the U.S. estimate. Ukrainians are stating that they have 3,800 wounded and 1,300 KIA. I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably a little bit more than that, and I'm going to go with the U.S. one there. I'm just going to throw that one out there. Russian forces said they've lost 1,351. We all know that is a false number and 100% not true. Uh, the U.S. estimate is between three and 10,000, which is probably pretty not, not too far off. And then the NATO estimate is actually seven to 15,000. So I just want you guys to take uh, just, just take note of those real quick, because now this is coming directly from the Kiev Independent. This is the Russian losses as of April 1st. 17,700 casualties total. So we're talking K and wounded. 143 planes, 131 helicopters, 625 tanks, 316 artillery pieces, 1,751 APCs. Four mobile SRBM systems. Since I guess I have I actually haven't been looking at these for a while, they actually changed that a little bit. Seven boats. Oh, they updated the fuel tanks. Look at that. 76, 96 MLRSs, 1,220 vehicles as a whole, 85 UAVs, and 24 special equipments. We actually added special equipment. So there you go. There's your, there's your quick update. I know we haven't really talked about those because I know those numbers have been somewhat skewed, but I did give you guys the actual whole. I, I, I think Russia has, has taken severe losses, and that's why they're having to move out of certain areas, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I, I just wanted to bring that one up. So now we're going to move on. So you guys remember those mines I showed you guys yesterday that was inside the backside of Bordyanka on the northwest side of Kiev? Well, I'm going to show you guys a video, and this one's, this one's probably the smarter way to actually remove mines instead of trying to drive over them. So here's that. So Russia is actually redeploying elements of its forces from Georgia to reinforce its invasion of Ukraine. They're moving around 2,000 Russian troops are being organized into three battalion tactical groups out of Georgia. So it's highly unlikely that Russia actually planned to generate reinforcements in this manner, and it's very indicative that they're going to that they didn't expect these losses and sustained since the beginning of the invasion. If they're having to pull troops out of other countries that they had already preoccupied, and they're pulling people, they're literally pulling troops and equipment out of the most eastern part of the country. I mean, we, we've seen them actually pull equipment from four to five thousand miles away inside of Russia and moving them on trains. It takes like a week or two to get there, and it. it I mean, it's. Pretty, pretty obvious. They were, they were not thinking they were going to take this much casualties. So Putin is by no means finished with Ukraine, just so you guys are all aware. He is doing nothing but seeking an alternative route to victory to justify this war to his people. He has to be able to justify all the losses he sustained, the sanctions that, that's gone on. I mean, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. I, I mean, myself, I've been doing social media for about seven years. You guys probably know this. I, I've been doing YouTube for seven. 
And this is actually my second account. I started doing this more of a passion thing. And my main account has got a couple million subs, and I've been doing that for a long time. But I, I've been focusing solely on this channel. And, and, and I, do, I do know a lot of the YouTubers inside of Russia, none of them are making any money anymore. Facebook's not allowed. Instagram's not allowed. So social media influencers are completely wiped off. The, like, like imagine the amount of jobs he's lost these people. I'm just, I'm just taking one sector of their market. He needs to appeal to the hardline nationalists within the country and to make it known that he needs to stay president. So he has to win something. He has to have some sort of win inside of Ukraine. So we know he's not done there yet. Apparently, the U.S. State Department is also saying that all U.S. citizens in Ukraine and Russia should depart immediately. I don't know why, why now. They probably should have done this about a month ago. I'm just going to throw that one out there. It's kind of they're a little late to the party there, State Department. But Japan is also, so this is kind of a big deal. I, 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 this should have been the name, the number one thing we talked about. So Japan has actually now officially stated that since the negotiations with Russia over the Kuril Islands, so you guys remember the ones they've been talking about since the 1940s, literally since the end of World War II, since that chain has officially collapsed, the negotiations, they are claiming that the entire island chain is now Japanese sovereign territory and is being illegally occupied by the Russian forces. Japan now claims that Russia must immediately withdraw its troops and abide by international law. So that, that could end up being a two-sided conflict. We, we know for a fact that Russia cannot sustain a two-sided conflict at all right now. And I don't even know if they were really thinking that Japan was going to be going on about these curl. I, like I, this one right here is something we need to take note of because there's absolutely no way. If Japan starts putting pressure on Russia, there's no way they can fight a two-front war, especially with Japan. Japan is pretty powerful, and they also have, guess who, on their side? some of the most powerful countries on their side. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, if they get hit, like it's just, it's just not a thing. So we're going to take that. That's something we're going to have to keep note of. So as you guys, you know, this video was sponsored by my book. You guys can actually go to mybookie.ag, which will be linked at the very top of the description. I'm telling you guys right now, Gonzaga is out of the NCAA tournament. So the big bag is up for grabs and you can get that thing at mybookie.ag. It's a better's market when the dogs are barking. The number one seed lost to Arkansas proved the underdogs provide the best value. So take advantage and get some skin in the game with mybookie. Sign up today at mybookie and use promo code TRUTH to secure a first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. It's simple. Deposit 200 bucks and play with 300 instantly. Just use promo code TRUTH to claim your bonus. Mobile or on the go, college ball or NBA, MyBookie puts it inside of your hands quick, fast, and in a hurry right here in your mobile device. On your computer, you guys can go to MyBookie.ag right now. It'll be linked at the very top of the description. You guys need to check them out. And thank you so much to MyBookie for sponsoring this episode over here on Speak the truth i do appreciate them so make sure you're checking them out like i said they'll be linked at the top of the description and use a promo code truth to secure your first deposit of up to a thousand dollars like i said it's simple deposit 200 and play with 300 instantly by using the promo code truth to claim your bonus bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie so go check them out they'll be linked at the very top of the description mybookie.ag i do love you guys thank you so much for my bookie for sponsoring this video let's get back into so, it belgorod I, I believe I probably said that correctly this time. Hopefully, this is inside of Russia. This is just north of Kharkiv. Some of you guys may know. So here's my map. So here's here's Kharkiv. So unfortunately, it, well, it's right about here. Uh, the way that my map is currently saved, I have it saved so we can actually, it's not pixelated when we zoom in, but that is exactly where it's at. It's one of the main supply routes that comes out of the northern side of Kharkiv. So it's roughly, it's just north of there. So now you guys have an idea where it's at. My apologies on the mapping right now, but this is pretty much it. Just so you guys can be aware. So when we zoom in, it doesn't get all pixelated. So this is wild. The governor of Belgorod is accusing a Ukrainian helicopter of attacking an oil depot inside of Russia. So you're telling me that two Ukrainian helicopters flew 
they, they were saying they flew very low. Nap of the earth, essentially, is what it's called. Flew underneath the radar, attacked an old depot inside of Russia, and then turned around and came back. For one, that's true. Those guys have the kahunas. The, the, the testicle fortitude is something I would never be able to achieve. I have, I have no idea how they're able to do this. But props to them. But I have video of the attack taking place, so you can see it's actually coming from helicopters, but it happened at night, so here is that. But it's, it's, it's still nuts to me that the, they were able to actually go from Ukraine into Russia, into their airspace with helicopters, hit an old depot, and then get out without taking any casualties. Now, that's kind of crazy. Okay, so here's the aftermath of that. But if that is true, and they are being able to do this, they're actually going after the logistical supply lines inside of that region. And the Ukrainian forces, they, they know that the Russians are shifting their, their entire element to the eastern side of this country. So hitting these oil depots and these supply lines is going to cause them even more logistical problems in the future because they're going to have to go even farther into Russia. They can't fix these things that fast. I mean, look how, look at the fire of that. I think he's nuts. Anyway. A plot twist, though. I'm going to throw this one out there. The Ukrainian general staff has actually now said, it come out and stated that they do not have any information Ukrainian forces actually attacking an oil depot inside of Russia. Okay, so there's a little bit of a plot twist. And they have hinted that the attack could actually have been a Russian false flag operation to justify further brutal attacks on Ukraine. I don't know if I really go for that. I'm only saying that due to the fact that they don't really need, Russia doesn't need anything for false flag for doing any further uh, what would they say? Justify brutal attacks on Ukraine. They don't need that. Look what they're doing down in Mariupol, for God's sakes. Like, they don't need any more justification. They're just leveling these entire towns for no reason, just to just to get in and take them. So I don't think hitting an oldie boat is going to justify doing any more brutal attacks. All right, so we're going to move over to the mapping. You guys, I know you, a lot of you guys and gals have been on this channel for a little while. You guys know mapping's a big deal. So here, if you guys are new... I have generated these maps myself, and they're ever-changing every single video. They're going to be different. Red, Russia, blue, Ukraine. These black are going to be the supply routes. This is a flooded area right here you guys are looking at. Uh, that's that's pretty much what we got going on there, and there's a lot happening inside of Kiev and on the eastern side of the country. Everything is shifting. So over the next few weeks to a month, I know this conflict seems like it's it's never-ending, and I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. I think it's all going to shift east and start moving west. So here we go. We're going to start off in Kiev. So it's now confirmed that the hostile airport is not controlled by the Russian military anymore. And there's apparently they've fallen back. So I actually have some drone video proof to show you right now. So the town of Novopassan, we talked about this yesterday, and I told you guys there was an element of Ukrainian forces that are shifting north, and there were some that I thought would shift a little bit west. I did not think they were going to go this far west. They actually are in some of the, one of the areas that's, that's littered with mines, so there is that. But it is now confirmed that Novopassan has now been liberated by the Ukrainian military, and I want you to notice that these happy civilians inside this video, which I'm about to show you, this is what happens when Ukrainians take back control, and it's being liberated by a force they actually want coming through. So here is that. 
Дякую, дякую. Ще бій не закінчується, це тільки Ми потім прийдемо, потім. Це ще перший захід, напевно, ще будемо ще відходити, заходити. На Жигулях їздять, на Жигулях, п'яні, як ці So for the last three days, they've liberated this town of Lukyanka, and I told you guys they would turn this into a fob. They have. Now they pushed forward and took Nova Basan. So they've taken that. And then there was an element that pushed out of Hovliv, turned around, and then actually took these two cities right here, and then continued north, and then liberated this area yesterday. And then I told you guys they would continue north. Not only did they continue north and take over the towns and re-liberate Zavrici and Morkritz, they actually pushed west. I did not think that was going to be something that was going to happen, but they pushed west. And they, like, this to me is pretty nuts because there is a pretty large Russian element right here. So now they've got them. If you look at this, like, now, I, now looking at the map, I could see why they did this. I just did not know how large the Ukrainian element was inside of this area. It must have been fairly large because they pushed north. And now they're about to encircle and entrap because if they get over here to E95, if they get over to this route and they control this route, there is no evacuation route out of this area for this Russian element that is stuck here. And I know that there was a lot of men here, or there was, prior to this element, this Ukrainian element that pushed west. So I know there was a large Russian element inside there, so they're not there anymore. I actually have a video of the, the assaulting element that pushed into Vel it's Velkia, Demrykia. Uh, it, it's the town that's right here, as you guys can see, just with the mines. It has mines on the outside of it. And I want to notice the building in the background of this video. You guys can see that this is just Ukrainian forces in there, but it's actually been geolocated to here, so it is confirmed they have taken it back. Yeah, so here, here is the geolocated photo I wanted to show you guys. Here's one of the building prior and then one of the people in front of it, the Ukrainians. So it has been geolocated, and it is confirmed 100% they have taken it. So... This area right here is this is nuts. So now you have a Russian element that is literally cut off from its forces. I'm gonna I'm going to I'll go ahead out on a limb here and say these ones have already retrograded, hit this main route and actually retrograded back here and linked up with their forces in the north. This one right here, this 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 was a very large element. Like I keep saying, if they've been cut off completely, this 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 could be really significant for the Russian military when it comes to losses taken and equipment losses, like troops and equipment. The amount of equipment down here and the supplies, you got to think about it. They were trying to push through Kiev. The amount of stuff they've pushed in there in the last three weeks is extremely significant. So I've seen multiple videos of Russians getting ambushed on their exfil out of this area. I got multiple videos. And I can't really show those because YouTube's very, very, very iffy on some videos I can and can't show to you guys without getting approved. A lot of these videos have to get approved. You guys may not know this. A lot of these videos aren't actually monetized out the gate because I have to go through a really long process of getting things approved by YouTube because of what we talk about. So I try to keep it like PG-13. That's why you guys don't see a lot of people ask why there's no bodies. It's not my, it's not my job to show bodies. If you want to see it, go look on Instagram and Twitter. You can find them. That's not my job. Over here, there's an egress route. I guess we're going to call it now. It used to be a logistical route that was coming in the northwestern side of Kiev. So this is where you guys saw those mines earlier, Bordyanka. Bordyanka is where those mines were. That's one of the weakest points of the Russian military's area over here on the northwest side. Now, we know there's heavy fighting that's been going on in Bucha, Hostomel, and Irpin. Still in this area. Irpin's still liberated. Uh, Ukrainians control it. Hostomel Airport, completely, I showed you guys. It's, it's not controlled by the Russians. So this egress route, which now is an egress, this main route that's, that's leaving, it used to be a logistical route. Now, this thing is being hit multiple times. I have some video footage I want to show you guys of an aftermath 
of a Russian artillery unit that was hit by a Ukrainian artillery unit on its on its way out. So here's this. Вот так. Смерть московским оккупантам. Військова техника. Молчание. Бачимо, було продовольство. Вот еще один уничтоженный танчик. Выпалено. Вот так вот. Okay, so we're going to move up to Chernihiv. As you guys do know, there's there's been some, some significant movement out of the southern side when it comes to Ukrainian forces. They did push through and they took the town of Slobdotov yesterday. Now, they, they actually did push a little bit more southerly like this. I know the element is roughly somewhere here. I did not want to annotate it on the map because I don't know exactly. I believe they're going after this E95 route because, once again, this is going to be a main... Uh, avenue for the uh, the russians to actually get out of this area to regress back they need to get out so this is actually looking like it was fairly strategically planned by the ukrainian forces inside of this northeastern side to try to pinch off the element that's going to have to 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 regress back so if they're going down there and taking that i want to show you guys um there's there's this river okay this is a better way to put it so this river we know that there was a lot of river crosses that were going on they put on these pontoon bridges and I mentioned this in the past. So as you guys could tell inside of these photos that I'm showing you guys, the, the Ukrainian military is fairly dialed and they, they, they understand where they're crossing these rivers. And this is the aftermath that you're seeing of, of, of an artillery strike that happened on one of these river crossings with one of these pontoons. I, I always want to show you guys these pontoons because they're using them down in Izium. They're using them all over the country. But this is basically an engineering battalion that comes in, puts these things up, allows infantry to cross, and then they usually take them back, but they've been leaving them. So that's pretty much that that's gone in, in the northeast side of the country. I do believe this is going to be the end of the Russian military up here for a little while. And we're going to move over to the eastern side of the country, which is probably, this is, this is where most of the losses are actually going to come. I believe over the next month or so, the Russians, yes, we, we said that they've taken 17,000 casualties as of now. I could see that thing doubling or tripling within the next month due to the fact that this eastern side of the country is, is, is under extreme heavy shelling. Not just that, but in, like this is one of the most heavily like defensively fortified positions or side of the country, I guess you'd say all these cities that the Ukrainian military has even done. Like I've went in and you can see on here, I have annotated very, very thoroughly exactly where almost down to a T where the Ukrainian defenses are currently set up. Like, look at this. So you have down here in Slovenia, these ones are a little more general because I'm telling you guys all the way along the Southern border, I guess you would say on this, on this Eastern side of the country, all the goes down, down South is going to be heavily fortified, super, super deep trenches, super long entrenching systems, multiple layers. But when you get down here in Slovenask, this area is, is key. This area right here is going to be one of the crucial areas for the Russians to actually take. Now in Izium, so we're going to, we're going to go down on over here. So the Donetsk River actually goes through Izium. And the, the, the fighting on this river is actually intensified, especially in the southern and the western outskirts of Izium itself. So I, had to, I do have it annotated now. So here's Izium. And we have multiple forces coming through the northern side, and we know that there's a, an element that's actually started pushing through the Russian forces right here. Now, I'm going to go ahead and delete that real quick so it's clean. Now, I could, if you guys can look on here, I have annotated the front line of the Ukrainian uh, forces. 
Now, there is a there is a dam right here, and this, I believe, is in the Oskil River. Now, it has been said that the Russians have actually blown this dam to create flooding, clearly, because, I mean, there's an element right here, as you guys can see. This Ukrainian element has pushed up. Now, they're not going to be able to push up through this, clearly, if it has blown out and it's now swampy, muddy. They can't get heavy equipment across this area. So that actually might have been a smart thing by the Russians to actually do this, because it'll help cover one side of their, I guess, their rear if you look at it from this, this, this point, they won't be able to come in like this and then take the northern side of Izium at all because this area is now flooded. So defeat on this front from the Russians will actually bring the end, I believe, to the Kremlin's ability to push through and secure Ukraine and achieve their political agenda. I 100% believe that. If they cannot take anything on this eastern side, which they, they possibly can't, then this will actually crush them completely, the Kremlin that is, and they won't be able to, to for one, Putin will not be able to stay where he's at. If they cannot secure this area, so this is very crucial. And them hitting that supply, um, the, the old depot earlier, that being taken out is, is really a big deal. But on this eastern side, Russian forces have taken the town of Terni and continue their assault southerly. So they are bushing out of Ter Terni, excuse me, and coming south right now. As we speak, there is an element, a spearheading element that is pushing south down towards the town of Yampel which you guys can see right here. Yampel does have heavily fortified positions, so the Ukrainian forces should be meeting Russians literally right now as we're making this video. The Russian spearheading element that tried to push through Popsana, this, this has been the last three days they've been trying to push through this area, has not been effective whatsoever. Yes, either side has taken casualties, but they've not been able to push through the defensive line. The same thing up here in Rubazine. Uh, Severe Nadesk and lit and this this literally this whole area. I, I I doesn't matter which town I name. This this whole area. I could just draw a square around it. There's there's literally just a massive Russian force that's trying to push through. Yes, it's a bunch of conscripts and guys that really aren't that good at fighting, and they're mainly just cannon fodder at this point. But they aren't being able to push through. So that's pretty much your update up here in the eastern side. We're actually going to move down to Mariupol. So now we're down here in Mariupol, and I have actually annotated it fairly. I mean, it's fairly in depth on exactly where, what, what the location of the Russians and the Ukrainians, where they're pretty much at. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, Russian forces have actually downed a Ukrainian Mi-8 helicopter south of Mariupol. It was able to land, pick up some troops that were wounded and was trying to exfil out of there. And a dozen of Ukrainian soldiers actually killed and, and two made it out alive, but were captured by the Russians when they were trying to exfil and get those out of there. And those are the images you guys are currently seeing of the downed helicopter. Russian and separatists have continued to press deeper into the central area of Mariupol. I've seen video proof of them using thermobaric munitions within the city, and it has been noted that Russian forces have also been targeting every single vehicle and personnel trying to exit the city. So that is something to take note of. I don't, I don't know why we're still having to have this conversation, but they're literally shooting every single bit of anything that moves trying to exit the city. We also know that the fighters in Mariupol are not going to be able to hold off this city forever, but if they're able to hold off for another week or two, I will say they will, they will be able to inflict major damage on the Russians, which will lead to their inability to mount any major offensive and actually move anywhere afterwards. Because I told you guys, if they take this, they're going to move north. If they move north, then they're going to be able to link up with their other elements and take Izium and then continue push. That's what I actually believe is going to happen. And where they might try to push west. I have no idea how, how far they want to go into Ukraine. But right now, it's looking like that Mykolaiv area in the first place, they're really struggling. So if you guys look here on the map, so this area is actually heavily contested. So... You know, I have I have one that's uh, it's it's a little more in depth, but it's kind of hard to see. I may have actually got a little too detailed, so I could just draw it real quick. So this right here is the Ukrainian front. Yeah, it is way too detailed. My apologies. That is the Ukrainian front currently right now. So they're they're roughly sitting about right here. This is where their defensively held positions are as of right now. Now there isn't there is a contested area which is right here. This area 
is contested. It's not controlled by anybody right now. So you have Russian forces moving in from either side all around currently. So this area right now kind of looks like this. I know I may have actually zoomed in way too much for you guys, so I can go back over here. So this is pretty much what it looks like uh, for my more scaled out version, but this is it. Mariupol, the center of the city is still being contested and held off by the Ukrainian forces. This is their Alamo. This is like their big thing for their people. So they're not going to give this up. They're going to fight to the death there. And a couple more. The Ukrainian forces tried to push into the town of Plavika, just north or just south of Volodar, but it did not pass. It did not. They did not be able to get through. There was it was actually resisted and just kicked back. Like it's been along this entire line. You guys see this entire line right here? I'm just gonna go ahead and do this. This entire line has literally has been shelled. It's been attacked, and they've 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 stopped the Russian forces from trying to get through the last three to four days. They've been trying to push through and find a weak spot in the defensively held cities, one of these one areas. They've not been able to. I don't know if they're just they're, they're doing probing attacks, trying to find an area, but they haven't been able to. And we're going to go over here to Mykolaiv. There's been quite a bit going on. So the, the Ukrainian 60th Me Mechanized Brigade has actually liberated multiple towns just north of Kyrgyzstan, and I mentioned in yesterday's video as well that I believe that we will see more elements of Russian forces actually getting pushed back towards Kyrgyzstan. So there's a 60th Mechanized Brigade is up in this area, and they've actually been pushing more southerly. So I think over the next two to three to four days, you're going to continue to see Russians push back. They're just going to continue to push back. They have no reason to even be here. I've, I don't know why they haven't started pulling them back yet. I, I, I keep saying this, and I'm going to say this over and over again. If they do push them back into Kyrgyzstan, I do believe they're going to blow the bridges on Kyrgyzstan, so they won't be able to actually push through. If that's the case, then pretty much the entire thing will stop about right here. I don't know. I don't know if that'll be the case, though. The blowing, blowing that giant bridge makes it kind of difficult to get logistics anywhere in the country. So anyway, that being said, I hope you guys would enjoy your day. I'm here on vacation, so I'm going to go enjoy myself, dip my toes in the sand or something. I don't, I don't know. But I do love you guys. I will see you guys here tomorrow with another episode.